Enjoy the convenience of seven days a week banking and extended hours with Cube from First Arkansas Bank and Trust, member FDIC. Aaron Torres of the Aaron Torres Podcast, as well as Fox Sports Radio, always a great friend of the show and kind enough to join us. And Aaron, as always, man, appreciate it. How you doing this afternoon? Uh, Maui John, I'm okay, man. I mean, I'm not as good as you. I mean, you have a bronze glow going on. You know, you, you probably still got sand in your in your toes. I mean, how was your vacation, man? Oh, it was great, man. Uh, I don't have sand in the toes. I feel like I have sand other places, though. It's always everywhere, man. You just can't uh, can't get the sand out of anything these days because it's it was all over the place. But no, it was great, man. What a, it was what a what a first world problem that is. Man. I know, I know, right? I'm telling you, I'm struggling. I'm complaining over here, man. That's just what it's about. But no, it, it's it was great, man, and it's great to be back and you know getting ready for the uh, final stretch once you got SEC media days coming up, of course, next week and get into to everything and. I know uh, there's a lot going on in you know just the, the sports world that we want to dive into with you, but hey, but with this whole thing though with Bob Huggins, I know this is you know you were talking about and you were tweeting about it, and uh, I know that we've discussed it on the show, but I don't think I've ever really seen something like this. We've seen lawsuits get brought up for wrongful terminations. We've seen uh, schools and coaches go back and forth over things, but this might be one of the first times I've ever seen uh, an historic Hall of Fame big time coach at his place for a long time get fired, puts out statements we see, uh, they he resigns, I guess I should say, he moves on. And then just a week or two later, coach is like, actually, no, I didn't resign. Y'all said I resigned. I didn't resign, so here's my lawyers, and we're going to sue you, and you, if you don't reinstate me as the coach right now. This just seems like a very odd thing and a very weird story overall with a lot of layers to it. Well, there's uh, agreed a thousand percent, John. I've never seen anything quite like it. You know, the, the only real analogy that I can make is living in L.A., you know, when Steve Sarkeesian did get fired for alcohol-related offenses, you know, there was like a, a lawsuit with the school, but Steve Sarkeesian never tried to get the job back a week or two or a month or a year later. I'm with you, man. It, it's very bizarre. Uh, the story broke while I was actually on air on Saturday night, and, and we were trying to piece it together live on air. I don't really know what to say, John, other than, than a couple things. Is One, I do think, unfortunately, you know, sometimes – a lot of these coaches that they've had so much power for so long um, that everyone has had to answer it to them. You know, I don't think it's an exaggeration to say that probably Bob Huggins has essentially been the most powerful person at any school he's coached at probably for the last probably about, you know, 35 years dating back to the Cincinnati days when he had things rolling there. Um, and, and I think it, it's, I think it's hard probably for him to not be in control in this situation the weird thing with this particular story is if you read the statements, there's a new lawyer, you know, basically Bob Huggins has lawyers that he's worked with for years that were kind of working on the behind the scenes kind of termination papers and, and you know, all the stuff that comes with, with a, a retirement. And then the school gets this other letter from another lawyer that they've never dealt with before. And it was kind of interesting to read the school statement is that it was kind of like a tongue in cheek, like, we don't know how to proceed because we've been working with this other lawyer for the last three weeks or whatever it is, and now we don't know if this is legitimate or not. So obviously West Virginia isn't taking it too seriously, but it, but it's sad. I mean, one, it's sad because obviously just a weird ending for an icon. But two, you know, I mean, it was Bob Huggins' lead assistant who, frankly, got the opportunity of a lifetime. It was un under unfortunate circumstances, but – you know, there's a 41, 42-year-old guy that if things go well has a chance to change his family's lives forever and become the full-time West Virginia head coach. And now 
you're kind of undermining him. You're undermining the people that have had your back, uh, you know, as a staff for any number of years. You're the one that let him down. Now, again, you're kind of undermining him. It's a very, very, very strange story. To your original point, John, I, I don't ever remember anything quite like it at all. Aaron, what do you expect to happen here? Because if Bob Huggins did resign, maybe there's no money attached to it, any kind of buyout. And so then maybe he comes back and says, you know what? I do want some money from this deal. I worked too hard throughout the years and deserve something going out the door. So it almost seems like there's some kind of money attachment and, and that maybe there'll be a settlement to that point. Joe, that, that was my exact thought when I saw this thing play out was that this probably, you know, that's the only logical reason I can come up with for Bob Huggins' behavior is I don't think anybody in their right mind thinks he's getting his job back. I find it hard to believe that even Bob Huggins thinks he's getting his job back. But, you know, to your point, when you, uh, you know, willingly, quote-unquote, resign, when you willingly retire, we've all been in these situations. When you willingly leave a job, um, you know, you don't get what is owed to you on a contract or, or whatever, you know, health care, whatever it would be. Uh, it, you know, and so I think that's the only thing I can come up with is, is maybe Bob Huggins is basically saying, hey, you know, I, I, I felt pressure to do this in the moment. Even if I'm not getting my job back, I better be getting paid everything. That's the only thing that I can really come up with as to why Bob Huggins would act in the manner in which he is. Because, you know, I think, guys, we got to remember, too, it's not just that this guy was the basketball coach there forever. This is his state university. Um, you know, he grew up in West Virginia. He played at West Virginia. He has, you know, been on the record, you know, dozens, if not hundreds of times, talking about his love for his home state. And so, because it's playing out like this, you know, I think it, it's not only a, a, a weird look, but, you know, again, it kind of undermines not only people now to what I just said, but also on top of that, now it's undermining your school that you supposedly love more than anything. So I'm with you, Joe. That's the only logical explanation I can come up with as to why Bob Huggins is acting like this. By resigning, he probably forfeited some money left on his contract. Um, now he's trying to fight to get it. I would also add, by the way, if he hadn't resigned, he would have been fired with Paul. I'm sure there's something in his contract that basically says if you get arrested or, you know, put the school in a bad spot, we can fire you for cause. So I don't think he's getting money either way. So that's the only logical reason I can come up with as to why he's acting in the manner in which he is. Now, Aaron, just looking at uh, basketball, at least what's actually going on on the court, I know uh, a lot of people have been excited about the, the NBA uh, summer league, and of course, Victor Wembanyama's gotten a lot of attention. It looks like the Spurs are shutting him down for the rest of the summer league. At least that's what's being reported. But uh, there's also been some other intriguing things, especially some players here in Arkansas that have been playing in. Just what have you made of uh, some of the games and some of the players and the performances so far in the NBA summer league? Yeah, you know, I'm obviously a big college basketball fan, so it's just fun to see guys that you know you kind of forgot about or you haven't heard from in a while. Um, and I think you know what's been cool is I do think. It's not just the rookies, by the way. You know, Anthony Black was awesome in his debut the other night. Uh, Jordan Hawkins from UConn played really well in his summer league debut. But it's also, you know, a lot of the second-year guys that I've been, you know, it's been awesome to see them, um, you know, one, even just want to play, but then two, you know, have success. I mean, I know for an Arkansas fan it doesn't really resonate, but Jabari Smith, who played at Auburn a few years ago, um, you know, I think he put up, I think he's averaging like 37 points a game through two games and was asked after the game yesterday, you know, 
are you going to keep playing? And he said, they're going to have to drag me off this court. I want to play. I want to get better. We're a young team. I want to be with my teammates. So I just find it to be a very, you know, a very fun event. Now, I do think as the, as the week goes on, you know, the better players do end up getting shut down. I mean, obviously, again, when Benyama doesn't appear as though he's going to be playing, Scoot Henderson, I, I think, is out for the rest of the event. Uh, the number four pick, one of those two Thompson twins, I believe, is out for the event. So we're already talking about three of the top five picks that are very likely done uh, in Vegas, and we're only three days in. But I just think it's a great event. I, I've actually been there a few times. You know, if you're an Arkansas fan and, you know, you want to get away in the summer, go to Vegas, it is – I think it's actually one of the best bargains in sports is, is you know, you can get an all-day pass for 25 30 bucks. There's two gyms attached to each other. You can bounce back and forth. Um, it's one of the few good deals left still in sports. So summer league's really fun. Don't know how much we'll see at the star players. But then to your point, John, you know, the Hogs have looked really good. Again, I know Anthony Black had a really good night the other night. Haven't seen what everybody else has been doing, but I know Anthony Black had, had a solid night a few nights ago to start for Orlando. Much like Victor Wimbanyama, number two overall pick, Brandon Miller, there's a lot of overreaction with each and every game these guys play. So, they play well, everybody's saying, oh, they're going to be great. And, and then if they don't play so well, everybody's jumping in on them, criticizing them. I mean, it's the truth. I, I You know, he played – Brandon Miller, uh, They, you know, it's weird because they have these, like, pre-summer league, summer leagues that aren't in Vegas, and he really struggled out of the gate. But then he actually played really well on Friday night against Wembenyama. Um, the one thing that I will say, and it's not just Brandon Miller, it is, you know, Wembenyama too – I've just learned through the years, don't take too much out of this. Um, you know, I remember the year that Trey Young debuted. He was, I mean, he was really bad. I, I, I don't have the stats off the top of my head. But he really, really, really struggled. And everybody tried to make an indictment on him. And he wasn't going to be this. And he wasn't going to be that. And he's obviously been awesome in the league. So, I, I don't know if Brandon Miller has played since that opening night or how well he's played. But that first night in Vegas against Lisbon Yama, he looked a lot better. And listen, you know, these guys are 18, 19 years old. Brandon Miller's a little bit older. But, um, I, 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 you know, I'm just not one, like, and, and it's weird, right? Because there's, like, the, the people that overreact, and there's the people that get mad at the people that overreact. Like, I, I just, if you want to overreact, that's fine. But I, I just think there's, there's way too much time, and guys are going to get better, and it's, it's the summer. And I think the other thing you got to remember, too, one, there's not really all that much difference between guys on the cusp of the league and guys that are in the league. There's a lot of really good players out there that just haven't found their spot in the league yet. But then, two, when you're the number one, number two, number three overall pick, everybody's kind of gunning for you. Everybody's trying to make your name off you. So I'm with you, Joe. Is, is I think there's a lot of overreaction when somebody doesn't play well. I had a buddy of mine last night, you know, tweeting in the first quarter, is Wemby a bust? And by the fourth quarter, oh, I guess Wemby's not a bust. It's like, it's just the nature of things. I guess it's just how it is. Um, but, you know, like I said, I guess it's just the well, I know that the, the Peach Jam was also something that uh, had your eye, and, and a lot of coaches out there, we know Eric Musselman, of course, uh, as well as other great college basketball coaches, are very focused in on some of the recruiting and some of those big-time players. Just what were some of the recaps that you had from that and, and the recruiting news and uh, seeing some of the talent that's going to be upcoming in the high school classes? You know, it's interesting. First of all, it seems like, I don't know if Coach Musk doesn't like the 2024 class or, you know, he's just going back to the transfer portal or whatever, but it doesn't seem like Arkansas has been as, was as, act, is as active as in previous years. 
Um, you know, I think the interesting thing about high school basketball, right? Now, a couple things. You know, one, obviously, from the college basketball perspective, the portal becomes increasingly more important every season. But two, what's interesting about high school basketball is most of the best players are actually younger. They're like either just finishing their, you know, going into their junior or sophomore years of high school. The projected, you know, senior class coming up is actually, according to all the scouts, not that good. So you have a couple of younger guys that that played really well this week. You know, Carlos Boozer has twin sons that that played really well. Uh, they're obviously projected to go to Duke. You have this kid Cooper Flag who's. Uh, probably the best player right now. I don't know if he has the most upside. Uh, seems like he's probably headed to Duke, and he's a guy that might reclassify and actually play college basketball, not this coming year, but the following one. So I think that's kind of the interesting thing is, is there's still those one-and-done talents that can change a program, um, but it feels like a lot of these schools aren't really prioritizing them as much as they used to. Um, and then I think, you know, if you do like this stuff, if you do like following this stuff, and we all like following recruiting, but uh, if you do like this stuff, it does feel like most of the best players in high school basketball right now are younger. Uh, the guy who actually led the Peach Jam in scoring this weekend, I believe, is just going into his sophomore year of high school. So it kind of shows you, you know, how much younger talent there is. Well, real quick before I let you get out of here, Aaron, Major League Baseball Home Run Derby. Do you care about it? Are you going to watch it? Do you have a favorite? What do you make of it tonight? Um... I'll be hosting radio, so it'll literally be out in the background while we're on air, but I, I'm i not really that into it. Uh, I will say, though, like, I, I do think, you know, I'm not a big baseball guy, and maybe it's just because I live out in L.A., but, you know, with Otani and all that, but, like, I, I do think some of these young baseball players are, are fun to watch, dynamic. You know, the De La Cruz kids seems like there's a highlight with him every day. Otani's obviously, you know, Otani's literally – you know, what he's doing has never been done in the history of the sport before. So I'm not a huge baseball guy. I'll probably have the derby out in the background. Uh, but no, no super – I'll say this. No super strong opinions on the derby tonight. I'm not uh, – you know, I'm not here to give you a winner as far as who's going to win it or anything like that. Yeah, I don't think anybody is really going to know. But, hey, there'll be some people interested, some people not. But it's at least sports and it's on, that's for sure. Aaron Torres, as always, man, we appreciate it, man. Enjoy the uh, rest of summertime, man. It's going to get busy here very soon, and uh, we appreciate you coming on with us, as always. Nope. No problem, fellas. I'm here when you need me. Thank you guys for having me. I appreciate it.